All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite city. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? Good evening, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBana. And I'm David Uyoa, and we are here to talk about a Christmas classic. Yes, sir. The Krampus. The damn Krampus. So this this one was, uh, Daniel and I went back and forth about, you know, which which holiday horror movies we'd like to do. And and yes. this this was your pick. Yes, um, I, this was one, and we we talked about this a little bit at the last the end of last episode. This is one that like once upon a time it was one of those things where it's like late at night, you know, it's Friday or Saturday, and you're just scrolling through. Looks like oh man, Krampus! I never got around to watching that, but you've had a few already, and so I passed out pretty early into it, and I uh, just never got back around to it. So this seemed like the perfect time to fire it back up. Yeah, it was kind of a similar thing for me where um, I was al- already familiar with Michael Dougherty and I I was like, oh, OK, you know, Krampus, that's that's his that's his deal. So that's got to be pretty good. And for one reason or another, I never got around to watching the whole thing. Uh, it was one of those things where, like, you know, I'd start streaming it, uh, but it would be after after the wife and kid were asleep. You know, right. And never finished exactly exactly and you know no fault to its own as we're going to get to it's just one of those things i just never thought about during like prime viewing hours it was always mm-hmm. like uh one and a clock uh, it was always like a a 1 a.m whiskey decision right which happens right right um no longer nope no longer uh at least not for me I've had the full krampus experience now <laughs> so um did you like this? Um, like this, this is a, um, this is an interesting one, I think, because um, it's, it's very, very Christmas. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird thing, right? Like a couple months ago, we did a whole month of Halloween ones and that makes a ton of sense to make a horror movie during Halloween. It's a, it's an interesting venture to look into taking, you know, the 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 highest of 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 holy days, uh, if you are a Christian, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know, maybe Easter's bigger. I can never tell. And, I, um, if, if I remember my religious schooling correctly, I think that it, even though Easter cannot happen without Christmas, Easter is the the highest of the holy days. There we go. So one of the highest, but you know, the the holiest, jolliest time of year, regardless mm. of your religion, and, and to and to to make a horror movie, you know, there's. There's not quite the breadth of Christmas horror that there is Halloween horror, but there's a lot out there. There's a couple. There's Black Christmas and I believe and a Black Christmas remake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's there's some good stuff out there. So it's it's interesting. But I did I like this. I loved that. Um, you know, we're, as we're gonna, it didn't take itself very seriously. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't. Michael Darty didn't set out to like create like some epic horror movie that just happened to take place at, at Christmas time. 
what he did was he made like a classic Christmas movie that just happens to be a horror movie. Uh, there, there are so many like little, like old school Christmas movie tropes and things like that located in this movie. Um, it's, it's as, it's as goofy as it is scary and man, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, and hereditary Midsommar were amazing, but you know what? It was nice to turn my brain off for this one. Like, yeah. uh, you know, there's not a lot of thinking to do when you're watching Krampus. And after two weeks of just mind numbing just just research and and watch and rewatch it was kind of nice to just sit down and be like yeah let's watch this okay <laughs> yeah i i kind of felt the same way and um i kind of knew going going into this you know because i was so familiar with trick or treat um that this was going to lean heavy into the the christmas feel of it all Right. right. Uh and I, I I did remember that opening scene yes. you know, of, of, of the the chaos the 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 melee at, at the mall, right? <laughs> uh it's it's such a great scene and and it really does kind of capture this like uh this capitalistic yeah, um, you know, uh the rampant commercial, commercialism the, the, the commercialization of Christmas, right? Um the uh i i'm not a religious person but uh but those who are religious will tell you that you got to keep christ at the center of christmas right and we have lost that right uh christmas uh, at least here in america is really not about uh right. you know jesus it's not about the birth it's uh it's about presence yeah i mean right? like i'm it's I'm, santa claus yeah i'm i don't i'm not a christian either but man i fucking i love i love presents and christmas lights and eggnog and trees and man, all that shit i love who, it all who doesn't yeah yeah find me a person who doesn't and i'll show you a man whose last name is scrooge there we go you know and that's so, that's yeah. pretty much it and i mean so it was yeah it was it was it was a fun watch, man. It, it really, it encompassed a lot of things. And like you said, from, from that opening montage, it's like, okay, so this is, you know, like this, this scene could have very, you know, up, up until the fight and really including the fight, you know, that could have been the opening scene of a home alone movie or, uh, yeah. you know, a, a lampoon vacation, any of that. That's, I, that's I got so many vibes from different movies, you know, and, and particularly my, my favorite Christmas movie, which is Christmas vacation. Uh, once, uh, once Howard arrives, Yes. Um, with uh, with his family. I mean, it, it just turns and he he was such a perfect reincarnation of Cousin Eddie. He was Cousin Eddie. You know? Yeah. Uh, it, and, and, and he did it without being Cousin Eddie. Like he was always uh, David Kirchner, you know, like yes. he's 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 such a, he's not iconic in the way that like John Wayne is iconic. Right. But he's iconic in that he plays himself in every movie and, and you love it. Yeah, he's like he's like uh, bald Ryan Reynolds, right? Like it's there's this character <laughs> that he's really good at, and people write movies and they're like, "Oh yeah, I got this role." There's the only guy I can go to. And, like yeah. as as soon as as soon as he showed up, I looked at I, I looked I looked over and I was like, "He just he's always I mean he's always just champ kind like that's who right. he always <laughs> is, right?" Like I just kept waiting for whammy like that's um so you know it it it, it was it it was a good watch. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I enjoyed most about this is that um, similar to Trick or Treat, but I think even more so, it reminded me of old school horror movies. Right. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do the, uh, with the style in which it was it was shot, you know, a lot of 
um, like in front of the camera, special effects, you know, practical special effects. <coughs> Excuse me. It reminded me a lot specifically of two movies, uh, which as I was thinking about this, I was like, man, I wonder if like these were inspirations. Uh, and sure enough, if you watch the special features, they mentioned these two movies by name and it's Gremlins. Yep. You know, and, and as soon as I saw those gingerbread men, I was like, oh, man, if that's not the Mogwai, I don't know what they are. Right. Um, <laughs> and Poltergeist, when I when I saw that Jack in the Box, I was like, oh, man, this is yes. the fucking clown from Poltergeist reimagined. And, and it was done so perfectly and, and so spooky. I think it was actually scarier than the clown from Poltergeist. I think. Yeah. I'll, yeah, it was, man. And that is the thing. Like it was. It, it it didn't it 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 leaned into Christmas heavy, you know, and and I mean every bit of every bit of it was Christmas related, but then but it never like I said it never shied away from the fact that it that it was a horror movie. It was it was it was it was these three amazing things all kind of thrown into the pot: horror movie, comedy, Christmas movie. You know, just yeah. all done very very well. And yep. so very well balanced. So like uh, you know as we. As, as we get into talking about the, the, you know, the movie itself and things like that, we, we've talked about the fact that, you know, it's a mix of all these things. And I mean, it's billed as a comedy horror. So do you think that it lived up to that? Like, do you think it kind of went more, you know, it's a, it's a Christmas comedy horror, right? So we got three parts there. It, it, do you think that that pie chart is three equal sections of those three, or did it go more one way or the other? How do you how do you think it stacked up to its uh, its very lengthy description? So I think that's a good question. Um, I think that Christmas is present throughout. Right. I I don't think anyone can can say anything otherwise, and it's not just incidental. Right. Uh, I'm not going to start the debate. The of Die Hard thing. Die Hard is a Christmas movie, <laughs> you know, uh, because it takes place on Christmas. Right. Or at, a, at an office Christmas party. Um, the Christmas spirit is present throughout the entire film. So, so I, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, you know, this is true Christmas and horror. Yes. Right. Now, what I do think is that there was a little bit of an imbalance with the comedy and the horror. I do think that the first, maybe third or half of the movie really leaned into the comedy. Right. And then there was occasional horror, like, you know, just suspense, right? Uh, you know, a, a dropping of a hint here or, or like, you know, the foreshadowing of an event there. Right. Um, as soon as the blizzard happens, it starts to lean more and more into that horror. And it might be intentional, right? Where, you know, it's just little by little, you're like, okay, this isn't normal. And, and that comedic aspect starts going away. Right. And we start getting more into that, that, that really, you know, horror Christmas setting instead of comedy Christmas setting. Uh, they do pepper comedy throughout. Um, but the moments don't, come as frequently as i would expect a comedy horror to have uh like i when i think comedy horror i think the uh the two movies uh that come to mind are either return of the living dead right or evil or evil dead 2 like those movies i think struck a perfect balance of comedy and horror you're constantly laughing and constantly horrified so um i don't think that this had that balance throughout the entire film 
I do think it's comedy and I do think it's horror, but not always at the same time. If that makes right, sense. yeah, like comparatively, you know, the other comedy horror we've done is Idle Hands, and I, I kind of kept kind of stacking it up against that, and that was the same type of thing, right? Where Idle Hands was, you know, it it leaned it it leaned into the comedy while giving you horror aspect, but it always was both of those things. There very much was a dividing line in this movie where the only comedy became, you know, one liners. Um, and there, there weren't, there weren't full blown like gags and stuff like that anymore. Right. So I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, I, I think that when, like I said, you're looking at all three pieces. Yeah. There's, there's no denying the fact that this is a Christmas movie, right? I mean, from, from the opening scene until the very, very end, um, uh, you know, with them opening presents and stuff on yeah. Christmas day, you're always just enveloped in the Christmas. It was it was interesting in the fact that you know it was it was a very it was a very stark turn whereas the past two weeks we've done movies that are like horror dramas and there's definitely been a turning point but that other stuff was always there in hereditary it's, it's the family sort of slow ramp yes yeah. the, the family drama remained once the horror started but you know, then there was a turn in Midsommar. Once the, the the suspense and stuff like that came to a head, and there were actually deaths and gore, there was still the whole underlying drama the entire time. This did this this didn't just veer off into one or the other. This just took a left and was like, all right, now we're a horror movie, so you know, buckle up. But then you know, then they'd occasionally be like, yeah, but look at this gingerbread man, right? He's cute. That's funny. And uh, yeah. and so. I do think that it's, you know, it's definitely deserving of the title of both of those, but it's not this great interwoven thing. Like, like maybe it could have been um, if, if the, if it hadn't been such just a, a stark change in what happened, you know, when it starts and the family's coming and, and you're, they're, they're all arguing and, and you, you're, you're getting that stuff that you're right, that you were talking about earlier. It's just classic Christmas movie stuff, you know, that, and yeah, Christmas vacation, everybody's packed under one roof. They're all driving each other crazy. The, you know, the, in this one, it's a crazy uncle and, and vacation is the crazy cousin. They show up with their kids who are all super weird. And the aunt that they're not expecting. Yes, exactly. You know, which by, is a throwback to the original vacation. Yes. Uh, uh, played by uh, Conchata Farrell. Yeah, um who just fantastic just you know just being herself a another one right she's always the same yeah. character i'll stop i mean I, I think of this in two and a half men i couldn't i can't run you down her imdb or anything but you know <laughs> she was very much the same character in this that she was that she is in two and a half men but and so you make that really hard left into into like all of a sudden the, the daughter goes out because you know there's there's this really dramatic storm that, that was basically straight out of the first home alone, right? Like right. he, he gets into a big argument and he throws his list out the window, cut to outside, huge snowstorm starts to blow through. And that's exactly what you've got. You've got the scene from home alone. Now the power and the phones are messed up. So, you know, everything, you know, has the possibility of going wrong. But even then you're still in Christmas territory. You're still in, you know, in like family Christmas territory, but then, man, she goes, the daughter goes out for the walk to try to find her boyfriend because her cell phone's not working. And then it's like, oh, okay, this is creepy now. And yeah. they, you know, and suddenly the houses don't just look like it's snowed for the past hour. They look like an ice age has hit. Right. Like there, you know, there's huge icicles hanging off, doors and windows blown open. And then just out of nowhere, phantom 
Krampus is jumping on roofs and you're like, oh, my, okay, now we're in monster movie territory. Yeah, it it, it turned into a creature feature. Fast. Yeah, there we go, creature and, feature. That's and, the phrase I've been trying to think of for going on 24 hours now. <laughs> that that aspect of it, I think, was nailed. Man. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and, and a lot of that has to do, I think, with the special effects because uh, Doherty used Peter Jackson's uh, Weta Workshops to to create these things and uh, the Krampus is one hideous looking motherfucker yeah right uh, i i felt i felt like schwarzenegger right when he sees the predator, <laughs> you're one ugly motherfucker yeah you know, it, with that tongue that comes out and and the and the claws that it, it has i mean it is just uh, and i say it right it's not a him it's a yeah it, it, it is a true uh you know thing of of horror uh i mean it comes out of hell Yes, you know, quite literally. Yeah, it, it quite literally comes out of hell. So it's uh, it, it, you mentioned those houses. I I looked at them, and to me, it reminded me of like derelict ships, frozen in in like yeah. in, in a sea, you know. Uh, and and then it, it, he was almost like a like a werewolf silhouetted, you know, yes. uh, against against the the mood there, there was so much great imagery that he put into this you know and and we know this because of trick-or-treat i mean the, the the guy knows how to make uh a horror movie but he knows how to make it in a way where he's not making you look away in horror right like right. hereditary midsummer which we just did those movies make you cringe they make you want to look away from uh from, it, it, it's it's like a like a car accident though yes. right like you want to look away but you can't right this movie never makes you want to do that you know it's it, you it want it sucks you in it, it's uh we were talking about the goonies earlier right uh the goonies as a kid was a movie that had like just the right amount of horror in it right like skeletons and pirates and like you know uh bad guys chasing you like that that was the right amount of horror for for me as a five-year-old watching the goonies you know uh this movie i think kind of captures that and it brings it up a couple notches like poltergeist did yeah and i mean so and so you 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 get after the turn though like i said they still occasionally kind of you know they they throw those things back in there to remind you that this is a you know a, a light-hearted horror movie you know because you you start to, before you really get to see krampus you know and we'll get to the krampus reveal later but before you even really get to see him you know yeah you've just got you've just got this silhouette and you've got this you know you've got these amazing scenes they get to the um uh adam scott and um and david kochner get to the boyfriend's house trying to find the sister and when i mean when they open the doors like like you said it, it's derelict it's not mm -hmm. yesterday people lived here and today you know they're gone it was this house has been abandoned for a while it's been ransacked and everything in here is frozen already and so there was a lot of really great mood setting that added to the horror um but then they, but then they come back with the comedy when the first move the first you know monster you see is a like um is uh is a gingerbread man right and yeah you, and you you get this you get this gingerbread man that yeah is 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 gremlin-esque you know or, or mogwai-esque at least right <laughs> and uh yeah yeah more mogwai-esque but it's and it's and it's like oh that's cute and then it's like oh and it's homicide it's homicidal right so you're like ah and so and then you're you're thrown back into this weird place where you're not sure which way it's leaning 
and all and and they, they did that with the to- when the toys attacked it was yes. like the toys are stabbing them and some of them are horrifying the marionette that tried to like lynch tony uh tony collette that's that's the scariest one i think dude that little thing cherub was, or whatever yeah, it was that thing was horrifying but then at the yeah. same time it's like a transformer that can just stab you and it's like <laughs> and it's like okay so this is kind of you know it's like it's it's uh you know like like in puppet Ma- it, or yeah puppet master right like yeah. you've got them and there are there are the ones that they're all they're all horrifying because they're trying to kill you but there are this there are some of them where you're like ah that one's still cute you know yeah. like i can i can fix that i can change him I can, yeah, I can fix him. You know, exactly. like that's that's how I feel about that robot. Like it seems to have its shit together, right? Like <laughs> I could I could fix that robot. I could make it work. Did you ever us. see the movie Small Soldiers? Yeah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Um yeah. William Hurt do the voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's like that. So that whole horror comedy thing, they, they you know, they they the the comedy fades out, but they do enough to keep it in there to where it stays lighthearted, except mm-hmm. for when it's not supposed to be. And um, but I will say it's I was never I was never terrified. I was never I was never you know like no. just super stressed out and, and and stuff like that. There were some genuinely scary moments in this. The family getting sucked into the snow on their way to the plow. Yes. Um, the elves, the fucking. <laughs> I, I think that might very well have been the creepiest part. The elves are so scary with their freaky fingers and like their like their heads that are way too big for their bodies because of their mm-hmm. giant masks or whatever. And like the just th- that that stuff, like I said, the, the elves, the, the elves creeped me out the absolute most in the movie. But they, they did, you know, they, they hit all the right tropes for horror and comedy you got the wise old german grandma who uh-huh. who tells who tells the story of krampus where they cut to what was an amazing directorial decision to do it in claymation it, it was it was a throwback to the old rankin and bass yes. uh you know christmas uh, tv specials you know your rudolph the red-nosed reindeer uh you know santa claus is coming to town i i I loved that. The moment that happened, I I was expecting something like this to happen because we saw a similar thing happen in Trick or Treat. Right. Uh, you know, so he's he's clearly a fan of animation. And I I just it didn't occur to me that it would be with claymation. Right. Right. Uh and this is one of those things that like when Elf did it. To me, oh, it, yeah. just, it, it seemed so natural yes. to have like a claymation snowman, uh, you know, a claymation, you know, puffin and a narwhal and all these things. Like it was very Christmas. Yeah. And this was too, except we were watching this little German village get completely pulverized by Krampus. Because they stole the little girl's bread. The the one right. the one girl the one girl the one girl who still believed in the magic of Christmas you know just 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 that just that whole like concept right of like what can keep you safe from Krampus oh you believe in the magic of Christmas that's that's a Christmas movie right like anytime mm-hmm. you use the phrase magic of Christmas and it's a silver bullet I'm in let's go yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Magic, you're right you're fucking right the magic of Christmas can save us all I'm here for it <laughs> um you know another thing they did to to keep that Christmas throughout but also feed into the horror is 
the score slash soundtrack for this movie was this great mashup of just straight up Christmas songs, that opening <laughs> montage, right? Just straight up yeah. Christmas music, right out of any other Christmas movie. But then throughout the movie, even in like the scary scenes, you would get like these, uh, you would get these versions of, of, uh, of, of Christmas songs, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what it's, you're a music guy. Like when you take a song and you like slow it down and it gets lower, like in minor scale or something like they do with uh, trailers all the time. It's like, Oh, here's, I got five on it, but it's slow and creepy. And um, I actually actually don't know. uh, I'm sure there's a term for it because there's a musical term for everything. Uh, But I actually don't know what that's called. I would just call it slowing it down and making it minor. And so like, if you paid really close attention even when when something you know really creepy or really awful was happening like it was if you really listen it's like wait this i this is a christmas song like I, oh is this is this is silver bells right or or something like that and you could you could pick them out but you had to really listen but even if you weren't really listening to pick it out because they were Christmas songs, it kept that it's going there in yeah, the back of your head. Exactly. So yeah. you're you're just you're just always inundated with the fact that yeah yeah creature feature, but yeah oh here's Christmas music right. Don't forget don't forget it's Christmas time. <laughs> um, so they they did a lot with the with all with all of those elements to to keep everything in there. Yes, the comedy and the horror were not blended perfectly, but they did a lot to keep it all there. I, I think so. And and I think a lot of that is aided by the, the story, by the plotting. This has uh to me it it uh it was very reminiscent. We keep going back to this to, to trick or treat, uh, where you know the the magic, the the rules of Christmas, yes. you know, must be abided by. And uh and this is something that's present in a lot of Christmas movies, right? Where um Santa Claus can't, um, you know, do his job unless there's enough people believing. In they it, made three right? that are literally the Santa Claus because yeah. about contracts <laughs> <laughs> that, that certain things have to happen for Christmas to do right. Yeah, and and so I I think that you know this idea of you know forget having enough, uh, you know, Christmas spirit for Santa to do his thing when all Christmas spirit is gone, right? And, and this is present in that mall scene, right? Because everyone yeah. is just trampling all over each other. They're punching each other. Uh, even the mall security is they're tasing those people. You see that, you know, yeah. that, that grin that comes on yeah. their face like, yes, again, this is what I want. Again, comparatively, very jingle all the way. Yes, I, I got very jingle all the way vibes from that, which um, I love jingle all the way, oh, unironically. Absolutely. Um, I don't care how bad someone says Jingle All the Way is. I will likely agree with them, and yet I will watch it multiple times throughout the holiday season. Yep. Um, and if, in fact, my son will keep putting it on well after Christmas. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like it's it's very clear that like the the magic is gone. Yes. In in this in this one town, right? Um, so that is why the Krampus comes around and, and that's why the, you know, the, the whole story takes place at all. Omi has the worst luck. Yeah. In the yeah. World. Omi can't win. She can't, she can't yeah. buy a win. Yeah. Uh, so uh, do you think that the plot is important? Right. Um, just to, uh, to, to start that off. Right. Um, is, is the mythology of Krampus important here? 
or is it just like hey it's a monster and and that's it right um how, how did you feel about how the story played a role so i think that i think that on the surface the plot serves to get you to the monster and the mayhem mm -hmm. but when you really get into it the plot stands to cement this movie in you know in that arena of christmas movies because just you know uh, just like all hallmark christmas movies are about the big city guy you know who are the big city girl or guy who goes home and they have to rediscover the magic of christmas yeah. right and, and and it's and it's always like their high school sweetheart that does it and but um it, it the 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 narrative in this movie set itself it, it 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 that was the main purpose it served was to to give this movie footing in the arena the, you know if you you get outside of the horror movie genre in Christmas and it is it I it may be the it's probably the biggest seasonal you know Christmas genre out there right oh yeah so it 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 served to do that it it moved us forward and it and it gave them a reason to do these tropey things um that, that because they were you could tell they he was just trying to make a fun movie um yeah he wanted to scare you a little bit here and there but you could tell he was he was in he was in it to make something that was going to be fun a lot like trick-or-treat trick-or-treat's scary but trick-or-treat's a lot of fun yeah. and so I, I think that the the narrative here is it's it's not cut and paste you know he definitely created some moments that uh that i don't think you're gonna see in in other movies or see people try to recreate but i think that i think that the main purpose is to get us to the monster and man krampus was dope like yeah. just like <laughs> I, I mean like you find you finally get that like and they've been fighting all of his his peons right they've been fighting gingerbread man and possessed toys and elves and just the 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 freaky ass snowmen that just suddenly appear in the yard right all of these things that that are that are the minions of krampus and you're just waiting you're waiting for that moment where you're finally going to see him and man when you get that reveal it was awesome uh the 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 story of krampus historically is is one that's a lot of fun to tell uh when i used to when i taught kindergarten um we would always do holidays around the world um, the week before Christmas. And like all the other classes would come to us for one day and we'd all have like a specific country that we would. And I always pick Germany so I could uh, do an activity with gingerbread houses, with gingerbread men. And so I could like tell kids the story of Krampus, right? It's like, yeah, sure. Maybe you thought if you're bad, you just get a lump of coal. Let me tell you what happens to German kids when they're bad, right? And so, you know, the, the story of Krampus goes way back and it's it's a lot of fun. And it's interesting because while they're, you know, uh, from kind of looking today, there have been movies that have made mention of Krampus before this one, but he's never been like uh, this iconic figure in a movie. And so it, it was, it's a big undertaking. When you when you take a character that is that has deep deep historical roots and you decide to be the one who's going to put him on screen and create this image of what modern people are going to have in their head for Krampus and man he knocked that out of the park like you, the the emerging scene right like he comes down and just the horns come out and you slowly get closer so you can see just how the the concept of Krampus not just being uh, you know, a demon who who does the opposite of Santa, but being 
you know, this, uh, the other, you know, she called him Santa's shadow, I believe. And when they get close, it's like, oh man, he's like a really fucked up and deformed version of Santa. And his eyes are really sunken, but he's still, he's got the same, he's got a Santa face and he's got the beard. But you then know, the to, tongue. To me, it almost seemed like in the same way that the elves wore masks, to me, it seemed like he was wearing a Santa mask. Oh, that where, where, yeah. where there was the demon underneath, but he was like, that was not him. Those eyes, that were, that was, yeah, him, okay, yeah, right? because, because the face never moved. That is true. Right? Even when uh, he opened so the mouth it, was always just kind of open. Right. And then the it was like was always open. And I I it looked to me like someone who had been frozen, like flash frozen, right? And and they talk about how like it's it's like negative 40 degrees. Right. Like he cut yeah, he comes in and he points out that like he's almost got frostbite, and then we're only out there for 15 minutes or whatever. Right. So and I, I always uh or not always, but I, I got the impression when when I finally got that close up, I'm like, man, that looks like he took the skin of someone that he froze, right? Uh, maybe like the original Saint Nick or something like that, right? And and that's what he's wearing. It's like a like a human skin costume, right? Uh, dude, that that makes that makes a lot of sense. Like I I can like as you say it, right? Like I can perfectly see it. Like that thought never crossed my mind. But yeah, because like you said, the mouth is always open, and 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 when the when it does kind of when he's making noises, he never talks. But when he's mm -hmm. when he's making noises, it's you're right. It's almost like it's it's moving, and then it just moves like at the extremes, like uh, like a Planet of the Apes mask, right? Mm -hmm. Like like when it gets to the extremes of where that would be, that's when it finally kind of stretches and moves. So he just and the the chains and the hooks, right, and just the the. I just did such a good job um, of taking Krampus and, and, you know, putting him on the map as, mm -hmm. as, as a, as a movie monster. I, I think that's really difficult to do when you take something that has some sort of cultural or historical mythological meaning and attempt to make a movie out of it. And, and bring it into pop culture in a way that cryptids haven't been brought into pop culture yet, right? Um, it's really difficult to succeed there. There's a, there's a lot of, like, direct-to-video B-movies, right. right? Of, like, uh, La Chupacabra or, <laughs> uh, or The Jersey Devil or stuff like that. Like, you can go to, like, these little mom-and-pop video stores and, and you'll find you know, it, like throw a fucking dart. You'll hit one of those. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and it's, it's, it's good, cheap fun. And that's really all it is. You don't get funding for a lot of stuff like that. Right. Uh, so to get something like this, that's done with this budget, that's done with, uh, with this level of, um, you know, cinematic integrity, let's call it, right? With attention to detail, with love for for the craft and for the mythology, and with a studio backing, right? Um, like, a, the only other one in recent history I can think of is maybe, um, like, The Curse of La Llorona. Yeah. From, from, the, from the Conjuring universe, you know? Um, 
you really don't see a lot of these that succeed either critically or commercially, right? Because La Llorona did not do well critically, but the fans of The Conjuring liked it. I, I liked it well enough. And, uh, and, and it did decently well at the box office. Krampus did decently well with critics and it did decently yeah. well with fans. I think it did very well with fans. Yes. Uh, 61 million on a $15 million budget. Yeah. Um, you know, that's on this one. So that's a, that's that's a, a great return. Yeah. You know, and, and, and again, I say with this budget, like, you know, that's not a big movie budget. Right. But comparatively speaking, when you're talking about some movies where, you know, these guys have like $500,000 to, to turn around a movie, you know, and then, I mean, it's, there's no comparison like this, yeah. this is, this is a real movies budget. Yeah. Well, and, and you talked earlier about the, 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 the in front of the camera effects and, and mm -hmm. the, you know, and we're, we're looking at his face and, you know, Krampus was a very real practical effect. Like do, do, uh, you know, I'm sure that there was, you know, that there was some posts done, um, you know, the tongue mm -hmm. and some things like that. But I mean, when you're just looking at him, just this hunchback giant hooved goat thing, it's like, yeah, that was there. Like they were on set with this thing. Like, no wonder it, you know, you they they interact with it so well. Even though man, Omi stared him down like a G, though. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that, to me, um, oh man, there was something a thought had occurred to me when I saw that, um, and and I was like, oh yeah, that's that's what it. Oh yes, it reminded me of the Mummy when uh, when Ardith Bay goes to face down those Mummy soldiers. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, where he's like, you know, go, my friends, you know, and and then he just like dashes for them. To me, that's that's what that scene was. You know, she's like, I'm gonna hold him off for as long as I can. Now, of course, she doesn't make it. I'm so glad Ardith Bay did because yes. he was such a badass in that movie. <laughs> um, but but that's that's what that was. It was like, you know, he is my enemy. I've been fighting him my whole life, and and she really has. Yeah, you know, there's there's a reason why she's instilled in Max this. Uh, you know this this love of Christmas, or at the very least, this respect. There we for go. Christmas. She's yeah. she's trying to protect her family. Yeah, and I mean, and and there's there's this great moment where it's it's obvious that he remembers her, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's like a it, it's like a it's like a, a Voldemort seeing Harry again thing, right? Like she's yeah. she's the one who lived, uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, and so and there's this moment that it's very obvious that that he remembers, you know, uh, sparing her. And, right. and, you know, there's, it's, 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 it, you know, even though she does end up, I guess she gets sucked into the sack, which in the Krampus mythology, he would like take kids that have been bad. And, and sometimes he'd whip them. Sometimes he would just shove them in a sack that, yeah. uh, that he would then take with him. And so I guess she ended up in there, but you know, there's a moment there where there's, there's, there's a respect um from from him you know there's some of the people in this movie died you know what seemed to be pretty awful deaths and right. you know she <laughs> she seems to she seems to get the easy way out which is just kind of getting sucked into the sack you know she doesn't he's not stabbing her with hooks and wrapping her up with chains and dragging her around and stuff like that you know he 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 gives her the respect you know it's like hey i appreciate that you stood here and, and tried you know tried to let them get away so i'm mm -hmm. just gonna let you get sucked into the evil sack of toys, demon toys or whatever they were. Um, right. And so they just, they, there was, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of really fun things. Um, you know, if, if you've been listening in now and, and you're wondering if we're going to spoil anything big, here comes the major end spoiler. So at the end of the movie, um, he, 
you know, he, he decides he wants to take his Christmas wish back. He just wants Christmas to go back uh, to the way it was. Krampus throws Max into a hell mouth. Blah. But then he wakes up and it's Christmas morning. So you, and you, so you have this moment where it's like, oh, mm, how very it's a wonderful life. He learned his lesson right. and everything <laughs> went back to normal. But then they did in, okay, so as when the, when the town changed, when the town changed, I said to myself, I said, ah, it's almost like they're stuck in a snow globe and no one else is around. That was the very first thought I had. And I kind of pushed it out. So then he comes back and it's Christmas again. And I was like, oh, okay, it's not. You know, that was that was a fun <laughs> thought. And so they did what could have been a very bad and cheesy reveal. And they did it in such a cool way where he opens his present and he's got the Krampus bell and suddenly no one will make eye contact with him. Mm-hmm. And everybody and like and everything goes quiet and he's just, you know, he's like he's just hearing uh, Omi telling the story of of the Krampus and stuff like that. And then and like I said, no one will even look at him and it's like, OK, wait, this is getting really weird. Camera zooms out and he's stuck in a snow globe. And I was like, damn, I knew it. They convinced <laughs> me it didn't happen. And then they brought it back. I and now- called it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was it was it, it would have been so easy to just have him get killed and then be like, hi, now he's stuck forever being tortured inside this snow globe. But instead they did this really weird thing where he's stuck in a snow globe now. Right. So I guess the theory is it's like a groundhog day thing. Maybe he just always has to relive this. So now you almost start to wonder is Krampus so evil and so fucked up that when he threw him into the hell mouth, his eternal damnation now becomes reliving the one happy moment that he really wanted until he hates it. And so you suddenly get this, Hmm. you suddenly get this idea where it's like, so is the snow globe that he's stuck in because he was one of the good ones. So Krampus saved him. And now he gets to just live eternally happy with the family he wanted. Or is Krampus just so fucking evil that he's like, you wanted this so bad. Well, now it's, all you get you know in groundhog day he was happy at first because he could just do whatever he wanted to do but eternity's a long fucking time (laughs) and so and them's a lot of snow globes yeah and yes and yes he has an extensive snow globe collection but so you start to wonder like is krampus so demented and so evil that he can somehow take the one thing you wanted so much that you threw your whole life away for it. Krampus was going to let Max get away. He was going to be the new Omi. He could have run off and been the one to try to restore the faith in Christmas to everybody before Krampus came to their town next. And he gave that up to try to save his family. Is Krampus so unbelievably cutthroat evil that he somehow took the one happy thing that this kid wanted and found a way to turn it into torture and that's what sat with me when this movie ended was does he have to live this day forever because the only thing in that snow globe is his house does he only get christmas day and when he goes to sleep he wakes up and he has to do it again because that my friends is pure evil to take the one thing that someone loves so much that they would give up anything and everything for it and turn it into eternal damnation. 
that's that's untouchable evil. Yeah. And that blew me away. See, I um I had a similar uh different but similar uh, nerdier uh initial <laughs> reaction. Uh when he woke up and he looked out, I thought um I don't know if you're familiar very much with um Star Trek the next generation. <laughs> oh, the next generation. Yes. Uh, uh, I'm, only, I'm, I'm only vaguely familiar with the others. Next generation. I know well, uh, what is the greatest of all the star Treks? <laughs> um, there's a, an early episode where Dr. Crusher is trapped inside of the enterprise and the universe keeps shrinking and shrinking. Oh, until yes. The universe is literally enterprise shaped yes uh and it's all because she's stuck in some sort of like weird you know uh, yeah, some sort of pocket dimension wesley yeah, actually created yeah it, it's always you know, and it was unstable wesley. Um, <laughs> god wesley shut up wesley so um <laughs> that's what i thought it was i thought that uh the krampus had created some sort of like alternate dimension or or that that hellmouth dumped him into some alternate dimension where it would be Christmas all the time. When I saw all of the snow globes, I thought, you know what? This can't be Krampus giving him what he wants. Right. It, it, it can't uh, because he stopped believing in Christmas. Yep. And, and um, you know, it's kind of like how, you know, we, we, we tell children, um, I'm sorry doesn't make it go away. Right. Right. It's important to apologize, but it doesn't make it go away. Right. So um, I think that's kind of what that was, you know, where Krampus was willing to let it just lie. Right. And he was like, OK, well, that's that's it. Right. We'll let bygones be bygones because you at least have fought for Christmas for so long. And when. He shows that, again, it's not Christmas that he cares about. Right. But his family. It's kind of like that, you know, that nail in the coffin where it's like, OK, so you really don't care about Christmas. Right. OK. So you can join them, right? You'll be with your family. You'll just be trapped in this, you know, eternal damnation along with every other town that I've picked up. Yeah. And 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 that's what I thought it was. I, I don't know if he's trapped. Uh, and I would have to rewatch again because I, I, I don't know if it's just his house that's present in that snow globe or if it's the entire town. Right. That's in that snow globe. Right. Um, I have no idea. You know, and, and I think that, that that kind of mystery about it is is what is going to compel me to rewatch, you know, on top of the Christmas spirit, the true Christmas spirit that's present here, right? Christmas movies need to be about family, right? right. Family is at the core of every Christmas movie. So um that's uh that's something that's really present here. So like that will keep me coming back to this uh, you know, Christmas after Christmas. But on top of that, there's that mystery of what the fuck is going on with that end? You yeah. know, uh, like is Krampus collecting towns that don't believe in Christmas, you know, as, as, uh, as tokens of his victories or 
Is this, you know, personal hells that he's creating for these people? I really do kind of like that idea. That, yeah. that that these are personalized hells that that they're living in. Yeah, well, and that's like uh, I always I always tell people like uh, you know for for all the ideas that of hell that are out there, right? It's if 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 I believed in hell, I would believe in this concept of the fact that like everybody has like this sort of you know moment in time, like uh, almost like the 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 underworld style or the Greek underworld style, not underworld the werewolf movie um, right. style of of hell, right? Where there's like one specifically tailored to torture you, like, and so that, like I said, so that is that is kind of where I like mine would be. I would be in some sort of room that like I would be stuck in one of those rooms where there can absolutely be no sound, like one of those ones where you can like hear your blood like flowing because it's so silent. Like that would that would be my and, and that would be hell for me. And, uh, and so that, that's what I kept coming back to is it's like, man, are these all just these families like, or towns or whatever the case may be for each snow globe? Are they just, are they just their own individual hells? Like I said, which is just, I mean, just, ah, that's incredible to me that, to, to, to kind of put that at the end of the movie. That, that is great. And, and the fact that, um, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't outright tell us what it yeah. meant. I, I I really enjoyed that. I do like definitive endings, uh, but I can also appreciate a well done suggestive ending. Yeah. Or or mysterious ending. I and and I think that this one really really benefits from. And that. then and and then you know in like a true Gremlins Ghoulies fashion, <laughs> you get that really dramatic moment, and then it's like, ha ha! Look, here's all the evil toys, and they're just laughing yeah. at you. Cut to the credits, and it's like, okay, yeah, you know you. You, you got me you got me back into the horror you reminded me that i wasn't yeah. supposed to take this movie very seriously so yeah they you know they they did so much so well with that uh just the the story itself was nothing to write home you know it was it was you know it's it's not it's not gonna win any best original story have to be like but you it said it's, be. it's it's a delivery vehicle for the Krampus and his 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 crew yeah Right. And so, you know, like what so while the Krampus while we're while the Krampus is there, as we embrace the the creature feature aspect of this, a key part of the creature feature is people gotta die, right? Like yeah. the, you got a monster, you gotta kill people. What the the approach that they took to killing off characters in this movie was interesting in the fact that you know you didn't see a ton of actual death, right? Mm -hmm. You saw, you saw a lot of, you saw, you saw a lot of violence. You saw a lot of people getting terrified, but the, the deaths themselves were kind of handled in tongue in cheek off camera ways. Do you think that that added to the movie or took away from it? Oh, I, I definitely think that it added to it. There's, um, there's so much gore and so much, um, you know, uh, just in your face, uh, murder in so many of these movies. And this one kind of shies away from that. And I think it's better for it because it keeps the focus on the fact that this is a Christmas movie. All right. Uh, and it doesn't need to be that way. Uh, the, the horror comes from the situation, from the atmosphere, yeah. uh, which, which I think is, is, is the right choice to make here. Right. Um, we don't need to see how we being ripped apart 
right? Uh, and, and I was, in fact, expecting it when when he's being dragged up and and um, and Tony Collette is holding onto his legs. I half expected her to be pulled out of the uh, out of the chimney, holding his legs, just holding his lower <laughs> half. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I kept waiting for that too. Like just the like chains and up was going to go up, and whatever she was holding was going to come down. I'm yeah. totally with you. And, and, and to me, it was so much. I mean, it would have been funny, but it also I think would have been out of place with, yeah. with the movie. You know, uh, and, and so I think that for uh for howard you know senior to to like get into the fireplace and look up and just be smacked in the face with the with the shoe like you know it's that's funny number one and number two like it it kind of held some of that family uh you know christmas spirit there as well where it's like it's a real tender moment where it's like they took my son yeah. You know, uh, in, instead of focusing on the uh, on the death and the brutality of it, it's it's more about, you know, this family's struggle to stay together, you know, quite literally to to stay together. Um, there's to me, I think the best death in 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 the movie, though, has to be uh, and we don't even see it. We, we see the, the very I guess we see the very end of it uh, when the jack in the box eats um jordan yeah is is just i mean that's a moment where you don't expect it at all uh we had seen a little jack in the box earlier in the movie and so we knew that there were toys that were going to be uh murderous or you know dangerous at the very least right and, and it was kind of suggested when we see that giant sack outside you know and i love that little joke you know oh that's not me it must have been the boys in brown you know yeah oh um, yeah yeah <laughs> even even and then and then to follow it up with it's like man why did rich people get all the free stuff and the wife just goes i don't know democrats democrats <laughs> oh man that made me laugh so much <laughs> Uh, you know, again, you know, that, that real, you know, cousin Eddie aspect yeah. is, is so, na I, I really would have loved for him to somehow work in a, you know, the shitters full, shitters full. uh, sort of thing. Uh, and, and the girls kind of did, they were like, oh, I'm not the one who clogged up the, the toilet downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, they did, didn't they? <laughs> so I, I don't know if that was, uh, an intentional, uh, you know, callback to, to the national lampoon one but um but yeah oh fuck for me it was really about that that gigantic i mean it was it was it was gross is what it was like yeah. to me to me it was it was like gluttony personified you know, because because it's it's got this like huge midsection where it's like it's clearly eaten much more than just Jordan. Yes. You know, uh, and and it's possible that this thing started out as as that small Jack in the Box that the Krampus first put in front of. Uh, oh, I forget Max's Beth. sister's name. Beth. Yeah, it's possible that that's the same one, and that as it's gone eating people, it has just grown and grown and grown into this like massive monster but the way it just like unhinges its lower jaw multiple times it is so freaky yeah so freaky in fact i dreamt with that thing last night <laughs> yeah they they did they did a lot of scaring you because you just kind of imagined um, or, you know, like taking you right to the brink of when it could have gotten gruesome and then pulling back. 
Um, like I said, like, like it was the idea of getting, like I said, essentially getting, you know, just like, like, like lynched with like Christmas lights and marionette strings and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah. that's awful, you know, but then, but then she cuts her down and it's like, all right, we gave you a little taste, but you're right. It's a Christmas movie. It's, we're going to pull mm -hmm. it back. Um, but man, just like to see like the creepy, like elf werewolf thing, like kidnap the baby and like, look back at him and then just like walk out the window like it didn't it's not like it sprinted off with it like it was so yeah. confident in the fact that it was going to get away with the baby just kind of <laughs> scooped it up and looked at him and then walked off and like that was creepy and you're left to wonder you know what what could have happened to the baby so it's i think you're absolutely right in the fact that in in, in an effort to not create a gore fest this movie was very much for the better for it mm -hmm. uh they you know like they it would have been it would have been so, I, I say so easy. What do I know about post effects? It would have been so easy to, <laughs> to pull them down into the snow and then like have the snow fill with blood or something like that. Right. Yeah. Seems, seems or or to, to erupt or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It seems to me like that's a, that's an easy effect. Um, but that's not what they did. They just, they just sucked them down. And now you got to wonder like, is whatever down there eating them? Is it just, is it just taking them? Like you don't really know, mm -hmm. but it's still scary, right? Like, yeah. It, it, and, and in fact, we don't know what, in, what it is. Right. Yeah. We never them. really know. We what never it is. really know. Is it one of the things we've already seen? Was it the, the gingerbread man? Was it another Jack in the box? Is it the Krampus himself? You know, uh, to me, that's one of the scariest things is the things we don't know yeah. about this movie. Yeah, and uh, it was what was interesting about them getting sucked into the snow like that and just suddenly disappearing was it played very much into this idea of if, if you're listening and you're mine or Dave's age, in, um, in the 90s, quicksand was like a really big factor in a lot of tv shows and movies like yep. so much so that i was amazed to grow up and find out that quicksand only really kind of exists and it's really not that much of an issue for a lot of people <laughs> but like, like growing up i was led to believe that like some of the worst things in the world were the Bermuda Triangle and quicksand, right? Like yeah. in the 90s, that was everybody's go-to. And, and I blame those Johnny Quest reruns, man. <laughs> and so, and so, like to just see them sucked down, like there was there was something, there was something that, that struck in me, and I think that's what it was. It was like, oh mm -hmm. shit, quicksand's back. Yeah, it's quick snow. <laughs> yeah, it's quick snow. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> and so they, you know, like when 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 they when the boy sees the gingerbread man and takes a bite of its head and then it screams wow. and then he just gets wrapped up with the chains and pulled up the chimney that's terrifying mm -hmm. if you rip him in half it's gruesome and it can almost be comedic but to just be just be sucked up a chimney by rusty chains into god knows what that's horrifying yeah and so this idea of not seeing the after is scarier when done well. And this movie did that very, very well. Mm -hmm. um, I love when the gingerbread men get the nail gun and they're just, they're just lighting up Coke. There, right. <laughs> like, I mean, just, and they're, and again, very gremlins, you know, they think it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. You know, and he's like holding a cutting board as it just fills with nails <laughs> because they just think it's so funny that they found this nail gun, but we don't get like these really, we don't get this really gory scene of him like getting pinned to kitchen counters. Right. We just get, we just get a couple blood spots on his shirt where he's taking a couple nails. And it's like, okay, that keeps it fun. Mm -hmm. 
and that keeps it to that that keeps it as something that like you said you don't ever have to look away like you're just you're you're enjoying that it's yeah. it's violence and it's horror that that even, that you can enjoy without feeling you know like we we do this podcast every week yeah. we watch a lot of horror movies occasionally i enjoy something when i see it on a film that i'm like i'm not right you know, like <laughs> something is broken inside of me because I should not have enjoyed that. But it's because I'm always like looking at things from like a technical aspect, or I'm like, I enjoyed right. that because it was, it was, I've never seen anything like that done, no matter how gruesome it was or whatever. That way you could enjoy because it was, it was Looney Tunes esque violence. I was going to say it reminded me of like Tom and Jerry. Yeah. You know? it's, it's that cartoon violence that I think every child needs yeah. in their life. They need to know. That you know, if if a cartoon cat runs after a cartoon mouse, that cartoon mouse is well within his rights to pick up a mallet that weighs two hundred times its weight. That's right, and just demolish that cat. Exactly, you know? chase and, and, a roadrunner long cat. enough, and you deserve an anvil dropped on your head. That's just <laughs> how it works. <laughs> and so, and so they oh, the they, good old Acme anvil. There we go. You can't beat it. And so, so they, they, they kept it light. They kept it fun, you know? And so it, I think that, I think that you're absolutely right. And that this movie is all the better for keeping the deaths when they were on camera, keeping them not very gory. And, mm -hmm. uh, and when, and then, and when, and when they were off camera, you could just use your imagination. And like you said, we don't, you know, you get sucked down to the snow, you get pulled up the chimney, you know, we don't know if 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 they died. I guess you know maybe that's where el maybe that's where the elves come from, right? We yeah. we don't know these things, and it's that idea of of not being uh, overly ex you know the, the, you're not overly expositioned to you mm -hmm. know it's you're just you're just you're just allowed to watch the movie and enjoy it. And so the the off screen deaths, the cartoony violence, that stuff just all added to the fun of the movie. I agree. I agree. Um... Which brings us to our ratings, yeah. and, and and once again, I think you've uh, you've hit it out of the park. Um, we have decided to go with a total of five gingerbread men. Yes, all right, got to be gingerbread men. Man. It's it's got to be right. I mean, at, at any any creature in a movie in a movie filled with creatures that can pick up a nail gun. And sing Christmas carols and yes. laugh <laughs> as as it attempts to to nail you to death, right? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be named after this creature. Agreed. So, out of a possible five gingerbread men of death, how many gingerbread men of death do you give this? So I've I, I, I say this every week. I've been round and round with this. Um, you know, I always, I always tend to watch these movies the night before. So I've got 24 hours usually by the time we record. And so there's, you know, there, there's, there's a lot to like about this movie. This is definitely one that, that is going to be in my Christmas rotation. Now, um, I'm my, my oldest are 10 about to be 11. I'm very excited about maybe next Christmas. Um, they're they're but my 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 older son who's about to be who's going to be 11. He may be able to watch this one. My my daughter she's kind of a scaredy cat, so not quite yet. But I'm excited about being able to share this one with them. So you know it's it gets it gets some points for that. Um, you know for all the things we've talked about uh, with the the creativity, uh, the dope ass Krampus reveal. There's a lot here that's a lot of fun. Um, 
you know, we've talked about the fact that the story's not award-winning, but it serves its purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's some great acting here. Adam Scott being Adam Scott, David Kochner being David Kochner. I mean, you know, they, they've both got the one character. Adam Scott's always just kind of. I, yeah. I take it back. He's not always because of Step Brothers. That's I, it, true. That's true. And and uh, let's let's not forget the movie is usually shit on, but he's pretty good in it. Hellraiser four. That is true. I completely right. forgot he was in Hellraiser yeah. four. So 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 you know so he's, he's no stranger he's, to horror. He's yeah he's he's got some range, but he does he does the Adam Scott thing well. Tony Collette, of course, is amazing yeah, I in mean, this. She's, I mean she's, she's uh, Tony just Collette. The, the more the more I see Tony Collette, the more I realize that the woman's just flawless, like oh, interacting. Yeah. Um, and so there's there's a lot here that's great. Um, I know we don't compare it to other movies, so um, I'm not comparing it to Trick or Treat. I'm, I'm really, uh, I guess I am, because the next statement is going to be directly comparative. It's not as good. At, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not as good as Trick or Treat was. Um, just overall, I think that Trick or Treat benefited from the anthology um, feature, and mm-hmm. tying a couple of stories together was easier than one story carrying a movie. Um, for that long. Um, so I'm going to let this sit solidly at, uh, at four, four evil gingerbread men of death. Um, I, I think that there's a lot here. That's a lot of fun. This is one that I'm going to be that I'm, now that I've seen it, I'm going to be very excited to share with people. And, and every time it's Christmas time now, like this will be one that I bring up when we're talking about watching Christmas movies. So, um, this is, this is going to be a highly recommended one from me. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to let it sit firmly at four, um, it did have a few flaws, but overall, I mean, it's a fun watch. It's pretty great. Um, we have here our my friend and yours, uh, guest on the show, Andrew Chacon, says 4.5 gingerbread men. A Belsnickel appearance would have given it a five. That and old German myths are awesome. I can't disagree with anything you yeah. said there. No. Andrew. I uh, think, uh, yeah. Well, just, just, just a name drop from Bell Snickle. Leave yourself open for a sequel. <laughs> uh, I, I actually also agree with Andy there on the rating. I, I'm going to give it a 4.5. Um, for, for me, the, the only real thing that keeps this from getting a five is the, the kind of unbalanced comedy and horror elements uh, just because like it leans so far into comedy at the beginning and then so far into horror uh, after that kind of midway point and and almost you know never do the two cross right uh, there are instances but it's it's it, you know uh, ships passing in uh, in 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 the ocean there you know um, I, I I do like this movie a lot Uh Un- unlike yourself, Daniel, I am an awful father, and uh, and and my my seven year old, I I got I got about fifteen minutes into this, and I was like, "Fuck, he's got to watch this thing, man," because he was so into trick or treat, right? And and so I called him over. I said, "Hey, you got to watch this, buddy." And he sat down. And he loved it. He absolutely loved it. And um, and so uh, I I have a feeling that this is going to be in the holiday rotation uh right there behind home alone elf um you know national lampoon christmas vacation yeah. it's a wonderful life i skipped that one i i'm not I usually, a it's a wonderful life guy you know neither is my wife i end up watching that one by myself uh but at the least one i have I, the one i have to watch alone is white christmas 
I love White Christmas. Oh. We love it here at home. We we definitely play that one every year. But I'm a big Bing Crosby fan. Yeah, me too. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a sucker for anything Bing Crosby. So uh, you heard it here. This gets a solid four and a quarter stars, if I did my math correctly. Sounds right. And I often me. don't math correct. Uh, <laughs> so 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 Debona will have to correct me there. Uh, but there it is. Four and a quarter gingerbread men of death. Love it. Yeah, and 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 I think I think that's fair. I think that's accurate. Yeah, I think I think that's spot on, and I think you know it. It definitely gets our seal of approval as as one that will you know we, oh, we yeah. recommend. You know you you gotta you you gotta watch this one once if you're if you're into if you're into a good monster movie you gotta give this one a shot because it does a great job of it. It really really does. So make sure you tune in next week where we will be reviewing an entirely different kind of Christmas horror movie <laughs> with Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Very excited for this one. Have uh, have not seen... I haven't, according to Dave, I don't need to see Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 to... Uh, not even a little bit. ...understand this one. Um, I am going to... Uh, and I've told, I told Dave this. I'm going to get the full, like, cheesy slasher flick feel... Um, with this one, I'm going to be visiting family, and um, while the whiskey's flowing, I'm going to be watching this one with a a room full of family. So very excited about that. I watch this one every year, uh, and and I've done so for many years in a row now. Uh, this is one of my favorite personal Christmas traditions uh, because I can't. I can't watch this with uh, with the kid, obviously. Um, I kind of have to convince the wife to watch it with me because she she does like slashers. She likes a horror movie, um, but she likes the good ones. Uh, you know, the 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 really bad ones. Uh, she's not into the it's so bad. It's good kind oh, of maybe. Yeah. So. Um, so this is usually a, uh, you know, I'm already on Christmas break. You know, uh, it's it's like three o'clock in the morning. Um, like two thirds of the way through a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Good like, half in the back. You know what? Be. You know what I need right now is I need me some Silent Night, Deadly Night dose. Excellent. That's it. So um, if you have enjoyed us, please make sure to uh to to tune in for that also make sure to tune into the other geek bro network podcasts like mount geek more where you can find a bona and myself uh arguing um what's what's the what's the whole thing um, um arguing debating talking arguing and debating talking arguing debating yeah your your favorite your top four uh, Mount Geekmore, if you will, uh, geek subject of that week. Recently did uh, One Hit Wonders of the 90s. That was a very fun one. That one was a lot very of fun. fun. A lot of you know, if, if a lot a lot of nostalgia in that one. A lot of uh, a lot of grown men who don't really have singing voices singing. It was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that that was fun. Uh, so also also listen to What's Up, Bro. Listen to seasons, listen to comedy fitness, listen to kick flicks, listen to crimacopia, a dose of Ellie, better let me tell you. And I think that's all of them. I do believe that's all of the ones currently running. Yes, I got it. Look at that. It, it only took me like six months, but I got it. 
And uh, and if you're listening to us um, on your favorite streaming service, make sure you check us out on Facebook and uh, YouTube at slash uh, Shiver Pod, where you can watch us live uh, Wednesdays at 9, 8 central. Um, you can chime in like Andy Chacon over here did. Give us your ratings on different things. And um, just, you know, talk to us about the movie because we'll always pop your comments up and let you know what we think. So, uh, like I said, we're usually Wednesdays, uh, 8, 9 central. We've been pretty steady. Uh, you know, we took yeah. up like the day before Thanksgiving and some stuff like that, but we've been pretty steady since we've been back. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have been somewhat erratic in dropping episodes. Uh, sometimes they're <laughs> Mondays, sometimes they're Fridays. It depends on how busy my work schedule is. Uh, but you get the notifications if you follow us. Exactly. That's why you and, click the bell, right? Isn't that what we're supposed to say now that we're on YouTube? Like, yeah, subscribe, and click uh, the bell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something something like that. Uh, my, my son better not hear me saying that he's like are you are you a youtuber now <laughs> no no i'm not oh absolutely <laughs> not but we really appreciate everybody who listens like i said make sure you check us out if you head to geekbro.net you'll find not only our stuff but all that all that other stuff that dave uh listed off um most of our podcasts um are you know we do live streams now at least this one kickflix what's up bro and mount geekmore are all live streamed as we record them so make sure you check them out absolutely so on behalf of all of us here on Shiver, fright you very much.